Welcome to the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast, where it is our mission to debunk the lies of the enemy and announce freedom to those still lost in the darkness and addiction. Welcome to another edition of Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast. We are here in the studio with my beautiful co-host, Dr. Legit. Hi. Well, Stacy Leggett. Legit. Yeah, well, brother, you can you can go with legit. You like Doctor Legit? I feel like it's accurate. It is accurate. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It, uh, it is completely accurate because you are the legit one, and you are a doctor. <clears throat> Not exactly. Well, you're going to. Well, yeah. if you say Maybe it with a day. question mark, then it's yeah. totally legal. <laughs> yeah. Well, doctor. I mean, the, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're joined today by our guest Damian Donald. He's from Biloxi, Mississippi. And he's going to share his story, his uh, his testimony with us. But before we do that, I need to recognize my little buddy Carter Bell. Can you throw yes, that up there yeah. for me? Oh, yeah, how exciting! Carter Bell is my is uh one of my best friends. Robert Bell is his son, and uh, he let's see, let's recognize him. I'm going to wait for the picture. Wait, wait for it. Wait for the picture. <laughs> there we go. Now we can talk about it. All I right. wasn't prepared. All right, so this is Carter Bell. With combined, he was awarded for combined excellent behavior, citizenship, and straight A's to earn a yard sign, certificate, and free swag bag by achieving Eagle Elite today. He's really growing up, and we're very proud of this fine fellow of ours. Congratulations, Carter Bell, on your your achievements. We love you, buddy. What comes in that swag? I don't know. You know, Robert... You know, Robert told me, and I I forgot, you know, I'll have to ask him. I, I completely forgot, so... I guess I could call him. No, nah, there's something wrong. But anyway, okay. <laughs> so uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, here we are with Damian Donald. Damian, introduce yourself. My name is Damian Donald. Not a whole lot really to say other than, you know, I spent my whole life selling drugs, man. The Lord found a way to lift me up out of that, uh, in and out of prison my whole life. Came from absolutely nothing. Now I have an opportunity where I'm at now, the place that I work at now, I'm able to actually help people who are going through the same things that I've been going through my whole life. For the first time in my life, I had purpose. Amen. You know, I mean, I always thought throughout my life that I was helping people. You know, I, I always say, there's something I always say, and John, I think I mentioned this to you before, but, you know, who but Satan can sit on the throne in the middle of hell? Mm. I have. Mm. You know what I mean? I had, I sold methamphetamines, man. My life was just one big day after day of sorcery that I would bring into people's lives and I would watch their lives be torn completely apart. And, Somehow, in my twisted mind, I, I thought I was helping them. Yeah, yeah. Right. I would watch them lose their jobs. I would watch their families fall apart. People, and and there was always someone else to blame. So, I mean, I'm just so happy that the Lord has lifted me up, picked me up, man, and gave me a purpose in my life and a willingness, man, to say, you know what, that's absolutely wrong. Stop blaming other people, man. If, if you're blaming someone else, yeah, we're so thankful for that, Damien. One thing I'd like to know to you know to kind of kick this off is. Where where did that all begin for you? Like uh, it, like what was the catalyst that drove you into that life? Well, when I was a kid, man, we were extremely poor, right? My my mom, we had absolutely nothing. Uh, we lived for like three years without even having water in our mm. in our home. Like we would have to go to my grandmother's house just to get water to flush the toilets with. We would go down there to take a shower. We would get we would fill up milk gallons of milk you know the the milk Milk jugs jugs, yeah you know to drink out of and 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 put in our refrigerator so i just i decided at a very young age man that wasn't going to be me i I wasn't going to live that life yeah 
I, I realized that Harvard doesn't accept drug addicted alcoholic dropouts what? that come from a long line <laughs> of drug addicted alcoholic dropouts. So while I knew that I, I was pretty smart, I, I knew that I would never make it in that world, or at least I, I was convinced mm-hmm. that I would never make it in that world. Yeah. And so I had to find a world in which I would make it. Everyone around me was high. Everyone around me was drunk. And I saw a world in which I could thrive and I, I knew that I could outsmart them. Mm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I watched sense. them all, all around me. I thought, man, you know what I mean? This is easy. And I found myself just so submerged in it that it started with a little weed here, a little weed there. And it, it just spiraled out of control, man, you know? Mm. Uh, so I want to ask you this. Was it the, the attraction to that lifestyle? Was it more about... The drugs and being able to escape from reality or the opportunity to have the money that you didn't have. I gotcha. Well, for me, honestly, it it was more about, it it was about significance. Yeah. Right. See, I had been made fun of my whole entire life, man. We were extremely poor. There was never a time when I would go somewhere with the kids from school where, where I was looked at as even an equal. I I had absolutely nothing my whole entire Mm -hmm. life. So I found significance in that whenever I was started bringing weed to school, okay, man, they were everywhere. People it, needed you. They needed yeah. me. Yeah. And and I mean, seriously, you make this almost, you, you become this almost godlike persona to those people. You know what I mean? And my uncle, he sold drugs, you know, my whole life. And he told me, he said, he said, man, he said, never smoke with them. Never Don't smoke. get high on your own supply. No, it, it wasn't even that. Oh. But yeah, yeah, but that's true too. Yeah. Yes. But what he, he told me that whenever you go and you sit down with them in their homes and you partake with them, they lose that persona, mm. right? You become one of them. You never want to become one of them. And, and that, that was something that, that he really pushed in my head. He wasn't my real uncle. He was a man named Rick. And, but he was, he was like an uncle to me, and he taught me a lot, but he taught me all the wrong things, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Well, and, and none of that is you being able to be your authentic self. No, absolutely not. I never knew who I was, Stacey. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you found validation in all that. Oh, of course I did. Yeah. Of course I did. I mean, I, I could turn my phone off, man. It, that thing had five million messages, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I was, I was needed, yep. yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and I had never been needed before in my whole life. I mean, yeah. how old were you when you, when you started? Man, that's a good question, bro. Um, <laughs> my stepdad, man, he used to roll joints up, man. He, mm-hmm. he, would, he would get ounces and he would roll up joints, man. And he taught me how to roll them up. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was probably, you know, 15 whenever yeah. whenever we were doing that. Even before then, though, you know, it was little small things. But it was at that time, my brother Robert, man, we would go and he had this high rock Z28, man. And we just thought we were so cool, you know. And he would bring me to school and just give me a pack. Like, bring that to school with you, man. Bring the money back, bro. We'll go get some more. So, I mean, I was taking very little to nothing yeah. and going to school and, and making all this money. And it just, I dropped out of school in, in, in the ninth grade simply because if if you weren't calling me to get something, like if I wasn't going to bring you something, I wasn't even going to go to school because it was mm-hmm. it was worthless to mm-hmm. me at that point, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. You know? I want to I wanna go back to something that you said, because I relate to it so much, but just feeling important, being needed. You know, and just that that reputation, because I know when I got sober the last time that I got sober, it was it was crazy to me that it wasn't necessarily the drugs and the alcohol, like the feeling from the drugs and the alcohol that was the most difficult part for me. It was letting go of the importance that I felt like I had been able to gain with all these people out here. Like, you know, I can get the good stuff in this and third and everybody's calling me. And so, you know, in, in this weird way, it was it was the one thing that made me better than who I really was authentically because I thought that I was 
nothing, right? Well, Without the, your identity in it. Well, yeah, you know, absolutely. And the, the, the popularity that comes along with it is addictive in itself because I know that when, when, I, when I left high school, I took a job at Papa John's delivering pizza, and but that's not what I was doing. Like, I literally had the Papa John's deal on top of my car, but like, this was back in those beeper days too. Y'all got to I'm very old. Like this was. I, there, I remember the beepers. There were there, there were back phones and there were beepers and like you know you had to read code on these pagers. And I was like there I would get. I, I know you were. I would get. I would get certain codes and like I would wait for my next delivery to go out and like I probably had about you know a couple you know like a couple ounces in the in the in the car ready to go and I would just literally walk up to the door knock on it with a. And I put it in a pizza right. box. You're giving somebody ideas and, right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, that's how I ran, you know. But I'm telling you, my, my pager exploded, like, right. every day. And and I got a high off of that. Yeah. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Well, it, it does. It becomes it, it becomes so overwhelming. It it becomes this. You know what people used to say, man, that, that drug dealing was the easy way out, right? They would say, oh, that's easy money. Well, I don't know. Where you find it to be easy. Yeah, you might get shot. Yeah. You might not. I you're on call 24 hours a day, yep. seven days a week, man. There's never a time whenever you're not at work ever. This is true. Your whole life revolves around it. And here's the thing. What it all boils down to is sorcery, right? So you're holding this this, this mix of Formakia is, is what, what it was called in the Old Testament. There was a God that they were worshiping named Formakia, the same word from which you get pharmacy and pharmaceutical right so you're holding on to this sorcery right and it becomes the idol of not only you but everyone around you and as a drug dealer you begin to think you begin to think that you have some type of a power over it yeah right like it's not me they they're all calling me for it and you don't realize that you know some of those people are only calling you on the weekends man your whole life revolves around it man yeah. mm-hmm. you know you're trapped yeah, yeah. It, no it puts out. them it literally puts them under a spell it is it i don't. think about the Paul, something he says in Philippians, though, and it helped me so much. I want to say chapter three. I could be wrong on that, but he talks about everything I once considered valuable. I now see it all as garbage yeah. compared with the infinite knowledge of knowing I'm not going to tell you what that, no, what that word really means. Yeah. But he was absolutely correct. And in, mm-hmm. in that same passage, he says, not not uh, not looking back, but forgetting those things right. which are behind and, mm-hmm. and moving forward toward the goal of, of, of life in Christ Jesus. I mean, Amen. and that that's, that's the powerful thing about all of this, man, is that what Christ has done for you, what Christ has done for me, what Christ has done for everyone sitting in this room right now. John, Stacy, you know, you guys, we are living proof that God changes lives that That's everyone right. said was unchangeable. That's man. right. It's true. Because I used to be, and you know, it wasn't just a couple of short years ago that I was a walking human piece of trash. Oh, yeah, yeah. me too. You know, I mean, I was living in, you know, I was getting high in dumpsters and, 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 you know, on a tour from trap house to motel room back mm-hmm. to a dumpster and, and uh, look at us now, you yeah. know, God has literally plugged us out of the darkness. And put us on the forefront of his army. Yeah. There was a there was a lady that, this was many, many years ago, who basically came up to my stepmom one day and was like, you just need to stop praying for her. Like, she's she's not one of God's like, chosen people. She's not ever going to get it right. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And listen, you know, and let me say this real quick. I've been, I've been really working. Everybody knows or should know that I lost a little sister a, a few years back. But I, I do have an older sister that is... That is still, I'm working on her very hard. You know, she reaches out from time to time, you know, wanting help and, and this, that, and third, you know, to get into a program, you know, to pull her out of the situation that she is in. And she's right there on the cusp of it, 
but she's just not ready. And I'm really working hard on her for that because she's still trapped in that. And, you know, a lot of people have given up on her. Some, and, you know, family members too, they're just kind of written her off. And I'm just not going to give up on her. I'm never going to stop praying for her because I know that if it, if it happened to me and it happened to Stacy and it happened to you and it happened for Robbie Claire Faircloth, shout out Robbie Faircloth, Stephen Tara, uh, who else is watching? All of, it, all of all of my listeners and watchers, man. If it happened for us, it can certainly happen for my sister April. That's man. right. I'll tell yeah. you something, man. And and this is the reality of it, man. The world around us has convinced everyone, especially young people today, man, that you know the greatest resource is money. Yeah. Right. They believe literally that that the more you get money, the better off it's going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that was, that was true too. I thought the more I could accumulate, right. The, the better off I was going to be. And I realized something though, man, with money, I, I can store money in shoe boxes. I can put money in banks. I can hide it under my bed. I can hold it until the time when I need it. You can't do that. Yeah. But isn't mm-hmm. it going to be harder for a rich man to, to, get through the eye of a needle than it is to get into the gates of heaven. Oh, absolutely. Because he, he won't, he will not use his money for what's good. Yeah. But what I'm getting at, man, is that with time man, it's a, it's an unrenewable resource. Mm. See, I can't go back and I can't do 20 years in prison and go back and say, now I'm going to teach my little girl how to tie her shoe because she's grown. Mm. You see, I can't, I can't do that. It's impossible for me to do that. And the world has confused us and convinced us so often that it's all about gaining what you can gain for yourself. When in fact, man, we need to be, we need to be investing eternally, man. We need to be doing something with our time that invests in the younger generation to keep them from going the same way that we went, man. That's That's what this podcast is all about, man. How many did we lead into darkness? Oh, Whoa. I'm sorry. I know I drug, I drug a bunch of them into the darkness myself. Somebody's man. had some espresso. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, Damien, okay, so you were the weed guy at school. Okay, so what, how did we progress from there? Well, from there, I started, uh, my brother Robert had this, this connection, like, and uh, it was a chick. She was really cool, and I got in with her real good, and, and she started, she sold cocaine too, right? So she started asking me, hey, you know, you know anybody who does this, does this? I said, well, you know, I, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I took it out there, and sure enough, you know, the, the monster becomes the monster that it is. You know, I, I was selling it, but I was doing it all day long, too. Mm-hmm. And it, it just became a point where I was doing crack. I was smoking crack. I was selling crack. I was selling weed. I was selling methamphetamines because, look, there's magnets, right? Every one of us is like a tuning fork, and we attract those that are like-minded to mm-hmm. us, man. That's how all of us who are in this room together right now, we're here because we're attracted to one another because the Holy Spirit leads us to come together. And the same thing is true for those who are the other way. That is so true. It, so if true. I've I mean, got the weed and I've got the meth. Yeah, it's a ph- I swear it's phenomenal. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I would go somewhere in my addiction and like, 15 of my main folks were like, how did we all just end up here together? It's exactly. like, you, you you keep running into the same people, different hotels, different drug dealers. It's like we just magically appear there together. And you know? un- unplanned. Yeah, un- completely unplanned. Unplanned. Because it, it just it just works that way. It's just how it is. So anyway, dealing with her, I, I, I skyrocketed. Like I went from moving a little bit here and a little bit there to, you know, I, I hate to say it this way, but achieving potential, like seeing what my potential truly was because of the prices she was giving me. Right. I mean, the prices were astronomical and, and my clientele just skyrocketed. Right. I mean, I went from having absolutely nothing to three cars in the yard. You know what I mean? And it was just it was mind blowing to me because me, as I told you guys earlier, I, I never had anything, man. 
I didn't know what to do when I did have anything, right? Yeah. Like I was so stuck on this idea that I could never be anything that whenever I began to to find that I was winning in that area, it was very hard for me to take my hands off of it, right? I, I just had to keep going. Well, things fell out, man. Uh, heard the feds were coming to my house, burned my stuff in the backyard, moved to Houston, right? Moved to Houston to get away from drugs. Yeah, good. How did that go for you? <laughs> it's really funny how we think if we just change the location that that's going to just change you know everything mm -hmm. you know it's like let me just get away from these people all my problems <clears throat> are going to disappear oh uh, yeah they're just going to dissipate and you know <clears throat> but you can truly i mean uh, if you leave it all behind and you, and you go to christ and you know, that's the way to do it but yeah <clears throat> i have a question so when you had all these things that you felt like you didn't have growing up did they make you happy no no i was absolutely miserable. good Listen, question whenever before i got my last trafficking charge right I remember sitting, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Biloxi, but there's a road called Irish Hill Road. And right off of Irish Hill, there's a little, it's a railroad track, and there's a little road where you can pull down and, and sit beside the railroad track, right? And I'm sitting there. I've got a, I've got a suite at the Scarlet Pearl, right? Scarlet Pearl's a gigantic casino on the coast, right? So I've got a suite at the Scarlet Pearl. I've got like, like three girls at the, at the casino, at the motel, waiting for me over there. My phone's blowing up. I've got a big old bag full of stuff and i've got over five grand in my pocket and i'm sitting there and all i can think about man is is this next train that comes i'm gonna i'm gonna drive in front of it man wow because i'm reminded and i'll never forget when this really hit me i was in harrison county jail and i was laying on that bed and i was reading uh, matthew chapter six and jesus said something he said is life not more than what shall I eat and what shall I wear? Yeah. He said, do not the Gentiles seek after all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and, and all these things will be added to you. And, and I found myself sitting there on that bed, and I was sitting there in that truck that night, and, and that's the exact question I was asking. I mean, you got to understand, I wasn't sitting there saying, well, my life sucks, because to the eyes of everyone around me, I had everything that they wanted. Yeah. I couldn't go use the bathroom without someone knocking on the door asking if I want to, would you like a glass of water? Huh? You might be parched. You know, the, the simple fact of the matter is, is that I was absolutely empty. I was empty and I was sitting in that truck that night. And all I could think of is life, not more than this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Everything I'm chasing after the things that the Gentiles chase after, I've got it. It's all around me. But everyone I meet is, is either a police or trying to rob me in my mind. Yeah. Everyone who I encounter day to day, I'm definitely afraid that they, they're plotting and planning on me in some way. Everything I have, I've got to keep it with me. I'm riding around with a half a pound of methamphetamines because I'm afraid to leave it anywhere because I feel like everyone's going to steal from me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I get in the vehicle. Every time I get in the vehicle, I'm definitely afraid that those, co those cars in front of me and the cars in behind me, they're all police. There is no happiness right. mm -hmm. in that. It's pure misery, yet you convince yourself somehow that, this thing that makes you absolutely miserable has made you happy. Yeah. It makes no sense. It, it seems no like a better alternative than where I came from or a better alternative than what life would be like if I were sober. And what you said earlier when you were talking, I mean, you found your identity in it. Mm -hmm. I was at a point in my life where I did not know who I would be without it. Yep. I didn't know. I mean, that was my identity. That's who I was. How could I drop who I was? So every time I would get out of jail, I would get out of prison and I would say, well, I'm going to do better. I never did. I remember, man, I don't know if you guys are familiar with when, when, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is out there and, and Satan says to him, he says, you know, make these stones into bread, mm. right? Make these stones into bread. And I remember I was, uh, I was at a big ministry that's 
down in Loosedale. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drop any names, but I was at I was at another ministry where I was down there. I was I was handling the marketing and outreach aspect of it and and everything was going great. I mean the Lord was really just putting things in my life. I mean, and everything was just moving all around me. I was making connections all over the country. It, it was great. And I was watching the Lord literally bless everything I laid my hands to. And again, even in my Christianity, even as a born again Christian, what crept in? My pride, man. Yes. Me, 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 mm-hmm. me, me. And me and I said, you know what? I don't need this place. I, I, I'm gonna, I'll go do it myself. I'll go start my own ministry. You know, I'm going to take off. And dude, I, I got home and guess what? It all fell apart. I had stepped out of the will of God, bro. What matters is being in the will of God. God exactly. will bless what you're doing if it is in his will that you are doing it. Amen. It's not when you turn and walk away. So I found myself, I'll never forget, man, my fiance. Uh, I don't I, I won't go into that right now. <clears throat> right now, exactly. But anyway, her and I were inside of it. We were standing in this little bitty shed. Right. And she's begging me, you know, don't do this anymore. Please don't go back to doing that. You know, and I'm just like, you know what? We got to do it. You know, and it, and it was it was the same. It was like, why are you hungry? That's the question that literally that's the question he was asking Jesus in the wilderness. Why are you hungry? If you were the son of God, why are you hungry? Right. And, and for me, it was the same thing. Well, if, if you truly a son, if he loves you so much, if he's blessing everything you're doing right, why then are you sleeping in this shack? Why is she out here in the cold? Take those stones and make them into bread. You don't need God. Go do it your own way. Amen. Wow. And that's where I found myself. I found myself pinned down between this rock and this hard spot where I didn't know where to turn. And I, I, I knew that I needed to trust the Lord. But then I became angry because, you know, I was supposed to go start this ministry that he didn't ordain. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that was me. Yeah. That was what Damien wanted to do. Anything done outside of the spirit of God is sin, brother. Mm-hmm. Ill gotten gain. It doesn't matter how good it may look to the outside viewer. Well, you know, and that that brings up a, a question for me and, and just, I guess, for everybody. Like, what is your definition of success? You know, because I, I thought that it had to look like this and sound like that and and bless my life in these certain ways for it to be considered successful. But really, like success in the eyes of God sometimes is not so much about what's going on around me. It's about what's going on inside of me and the revelations that I'm making about him and, and being able to pass those revelations on to the next person in line, you know, but we do, we we get it twisted. You know, I have to have increase externally when really sometimes it's, it's just internally. There's never enough. Yeah. Right. Your eyes are, your eyes are full of, full of deceit, man. Your your heart's full of greed and, and there's never enough. You know, and, that, and that's just the reality of the, the whole thing is that whenever you're seeking after things, I, I think Paul said it best. Paul said, I know both how to be a base and how to abound yeah. wherever. And in all things, I have been instructed to be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. For I can do all things through Christ who, Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's taken out of context so much. The context of that is not that I can go lift a million pounds as Josh Watts. I don't know if you're watching Josh Watts, but like <laughs> you always say, it does not mean that I, I can go lift a million pounds because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It means that I can be content in whatever situation that I'm in. It's not having everything that I want, but it's wanting everything that I have. Yeah. I think too, back to, I mean, just my, my very early days in recovery, I mean, I had nothing, you know, nothing. I literally had nothing and I, and I could not have felt more passion in my relationship with Jesus because he was all I had literally. Yeah. And so what I see people do is that they get some clean time, they get a job, they got all these things, which, job, money, need, you help. know, 
And it's like, okay, hey, God, I'll be back later. Thanks, you know, thanks for everything. See you later. Yeah, and thanks we for saving my life. Yeah, thanks for saving my life. We'll be back. You know. I mean, when I came out of prison this this last time a couple of years ago, I had literally not a dime in my pocket, I no vehicle, no job, and nothing, and except for the Lord. That's yeah. all I walked out of prison with. And you know, I've stayed, you know, on fire. I've I've stayed obedient to Him. I've I've stayed in His will, and and He He has provided for me, you know everything as far as my, my living, uh, food, jobs, you know, the, the podcast, everything. I mean, it's all, but I know if I step out of it and I try to, I try to get about like me, me, me and prideful and things like that, I know it can all be taken away. Mm-hmm. And is that fear of the Lord? Like just that, that having that fear of, of falling out from under his favor, is that, is, you know, is that about the same thing as, you know, having fear? I mean, always, it, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was always, I always think about like fear of the Lord more of like of, of a reverence. Oh, like I'm, I'm in awe of, I'm acknowledging how powerful and almighty that God is. And because of that, I want to be in line with him. Not, yeah. not fear as in like, I'm scared of what God might do or how my mm. life might fall apart. Although that's important to note that it can fall apart, sure. but, but just like honor and respect and all, like you said, Damien. Yeah. Just knowing that I, I, I was just thinking about this, man. I see, I hear a lot of people today, especially Christians today, they've got this naming and claiming thing going, this word mm-hmm. of faith movement that's going on out there, you know. And if you just believe strong enough, God's going to give you all this stuff. Like manifestation, right? Yeah. No. And, and he, here's the thing, man. If that was true, why then was Paul hungry? Mm-hmm. Why, what about Peter? That was Peter's faith not strong enough whenever he was out there planting churches? What you know, when Paul was traveling on the three missionary journeys and he was writing to Thessalonica and he was writing to all these people and he was asking them to please help him, right? When he was dealing with the Philippians and, and all them saying, Hey man, thank you for the gifts. Why was he asking for those things if his faith was gonna make him rich? Yeah. Right? The 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 whole point is is being able to have a sense of comfort when there should not be. Yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. You know, supernatural peace. Whenever it has absolutely nothing to do with what we have physically, but what we have spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you the other day, Stacey, and, and this is something that I think most Christians in Christianity today do not understand. They don't even think about it. It doesn't even cross their minds, right? Is what they have in Christ, mm-hmm. right? They don't understand it. In, in Ephesians chapter two, it says, blessed be the Lord of our, blessed be the father of our, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Again, I ask, how many more can I get than every? Can I get any more than every? If I have every one, then I have every one. What if you had every dollar in the people's bank? That'd be a lot. Yeah, a whole lot. <laughs> but that's only, but that's only one bank, right? That's not every dollar in every bank in the world. So you have every spiritual blessing in heaven. Everyone, not just one little area, not one bank, but every bank of heaven's blessings has been given to you at the moment of salvation. And what does has blessed mean? It's already happened. It's already done. So, so often, man, what we do is we try to revert to ourselves to take ourselves through our situations. We're looking to ourselves to handle it because we don't know what we have in Christ. So how do we, how do you, in your opinion, how do you walk that out? Like, how do I have that revelation of, of just how much I've been blessed in Christ? How does that change my behavior or my orientation towards the world and others and challenges? Can I ask you this? When you step out of bed every morning, why do you put your feet on the floor? So I can walk. But, but how do you know it's going to hold you? 
faith, strength, and faith, and Amen. trust. You know it, right? You know it. You know. People use the word faith a lot. They use the word believe a lot. But both of those words are interchanged with no. Okay? Do you know that the Lord is real? Do you really believe that what you believe is really real? Let me ask you that. Do you truly believe that what you believe is really real? Because if you do, our lives should be changing, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. if we believe that we have received every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, if we know for a fact that no matter what, whether I live or whether I die, like Paul said, whether I live or whether I die, I know that it is in God's will. And that is my only goal in life, whether I have everything in the world or whether I have absolutely nothing, as long as I'm within the will of God and and you know, taking care of what he is leading me to take care of by his spirit. Those are the only things that matter. And if those are the only things that matter, then I have absolutely nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Right. But right. that's a very hard thing to do. Right. Stacey? It is difficult. That's hard to do. <laughs> okay. All right. So where was it for you? I don't know if you weren't getting this part yet, because this is this com- this conversation is going so well. And oh, I'm learning. I mean, this right is amazing. Now. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, we, we got off on a, but I, I, I got to know, like, well, Talk to me, Jack. all right. So, I mean, you, you did some prison time. Oh, man, I did lots of prison lots time, of prison time. How, how much prison time did you do total? Man, I'd say about 20 years, I guess. All drug related? Uh, well, yeah. Well, not all. Yeah. I mean, the first time I got locked up, I was 13. I stayed locked up from 13 to 15. I got out, then got locked up again. And and then stayed locked up pretty much continuously from 2010 to 2020. Mm-hmm. I, I got out for like four months at a time. You know, I would get well, out. Four months later, I'd be right back. Well. Where were you at, like, the the first time that you had some type of experience with the Holy Spirit? And, like, what woke you up to it? Yeah. All my life, man, I read books, mm. right? But they never really held me, man. Well, one day I was, I was in jail. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was in jail. <laughs> and all I had was this Bible, man. It was a Gideon's Bible. It was, it was all I had, man. So I started reading it. And it didn't even have the Old Testament in it. And it just had the New Testament. So I started off reading these Gospels. And this Jesus, man. Yeah. But God, man, it's this Jesus. I mean, to me, I found myself, because I'm very analytical. Y'all know that about me if you hang around me very much. But I started to notice that in different Gospels, I could fill in pieces from the other one. The one that I had read already. Oh, this is the same place. This is a parallel, right? So this is what was going on there. And and they, they got a hold of me intellectually. Okay, but intellectually means nothing, right? Until until it's here, yeah. None of, none of that matters, man. I mean, you know, it's funny you said that because, like, I have a couple of friends that that have seen what's happened to me in my life, and and they, you know, they'll ask me questions about it, and then uh, and I'll I'll ask them was like, well, you know, have you ever read the Bible? And they're like, yeah, I've read it from cover to cover, and you know, and you know, I'm like, it's words on the page. I like, that's just not how it works. Words on the page. You know, you can read it. He's like, yeah, I read it, you know, like five years ago. I didn't think, you know, I'm like, that's not how it works. I mean, that's just not how it works. Again, people start in the wrong place. Right. I mean, what it was for me, it's like after I was in prison and I'd been exposed to church and all of that at a young age up until that point. But I never really, you know, really focused in, you know, into literally reading the Bible until I was in that situation where I didn't have anything else to read. Mm-hmm. And and then it came alive to me. Absolutely. It's it's like literal literally speaking to me, you know, not just to the dead prophet three hundred thousand years ago or to the Gentiles or anything. I mean, it, I felt like it was literally talking to me and telling me how to live my life. And this is how you live your life. And this is how you get into the heaven. And then I mean, 
and then that's when my heart started to change and my behavior started to change and the way I treated people started to change. And, and then it's really hard to really explain that to somebody that's dead set against Christianity and Jesus. It's like, yeah, I've read the Bible. Well, well, and I think it's the Holy Spirit working through the things that you're you got, that you're reading, you know, yeah. it, and and to to understand spiritual things, you have to be a spiritual, spiritual person. Yeah. Right. So the Holy Spirit is a key component there. Absolutely. Amen. Mm-hmm. In John chapter 14, he says, but he said the things that I tell you right now, you do not understand. But when he comes, yep. the comforter who is the spirit of truth, he shall lead you into all truth. Mm-hmm. Damien, you know what I love about you more than anything so far, man? And I've only been talking to you about a couple of weeks. And I'm fat. <laughs> well, yeah, you're you fat. You can say it, John. Yeah, you say it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're fat. But <laughs> no, no. Right, no. That's it. I'm leaving. No. Let no, me make some like, positive affirmations are, for you to take home th- with this you. This fire that you have in you, and you are so well versed mm-hmm. of the Bible. And I mean, you've got me sucked into this. Like, you know, I mean, I'm just like hanging on every word. And I got to know it's like, all right, so you found that you found that in prison. And, and you, it obviously, I mean, it, it really lit a, fi- a fire in your heart. Like, where did you go from there with it? It's like, I started doing these Bible studies, man. Mm-hmm. Chaplain Tony Graham. I don't know if you're watching Tony Graham, but uh, Chaplain Tony, he had these Bible studies, right? They were, they were called the good news prison and jail ministry. Right. And I would do them and it would, what, what it is you'd have to read a short little bit. And then you'd have to go back and answer the questions, right? Well, I became completely addicted to them. I got two free Bibles out of it, you know. But the more that I studied it, the more it was alive to me, the more I could feel that, that you know, mm-hmm. this change within me, man. This For the first time in my life, I had a desire to do something different. Now, did that play itself out? No. No, it took many years from that, those seeds being planted, me going to the LLP program out in Harrison County and, and completing that program and having to go to prison and, and all that stuff. It took many, many years for those seeds to, mm-hmm. to really start to grow within me because I think the soil of my heart was so, it was so hard. You know, I didn't understand, man. I mean, we're sitting here doing a lighthearted, you know, rendition of things, man. But believe me, bro, when I tell you, I've been involved in some very violent things. Yeah, I mean, I extremely. I've been involved in, in some extremely violent things, man. Oh, if I ran into you on the street outside of this, I'd be terrified of you. I mean, I'd be, I wouldn't want to walk into you in a dark corner, dark alleyway, you know? And I mean, the fact is, is that the Holy Spirit, I believe I was saved in LLP many, many years ago. What is LLP? The Life Learning Program. Okay. Chaplain Tony Graham runs it down there. It used to be Chaplain Joe who had it before that. But I mean, this is a great program, man. It's 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 an excellent program. I would recommend it to anyone. <laughs> I wish that, you know, there was a place where young people could go and do that program where that's all they, when they wake up in the morning, they come out of the zone, they go to classes all day long, right? And I mean, it orientate, orients you with the, uh, with the word of God. Yeah. But for me, I would get out and Tony Graham told me, he said, Damien, you have all that all that biblical knowledge, but look at you. What, here you are again. Yeah. You know, here you are. I'm down there on the hall. Hey, Mr. Chapman. You know. So you weren't walking it out at that point. Oh, of course not. No. no. No, absolutely. Because, man, the simple fact, and you said it earlier, sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit. Man. Mm-hmm. It's not a work of me trying harder to do better. Okay. I can try harder. I can take the Bible and I can open it up and I can read do's and don'ts all day long. And through those do's and don'ts, I can try to change my life. Exactly. But Mm -hmm. I cannot change my life, bro. I knew what was right and what was wrong before I picked up the Bible. Yeah. And how how exhausting is it? Because I heard when I very first got sober, flesh can't slay 
flesh. Absolutely. And I, and I, but I, that was, that was how I thought I was going to be right. I was going to do all the things right. Check that box, check that box, check that box. I didn't know that that's what I was doing, but it would be seven oh eight in the morning. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted, yeah. you know, trying to do everything right. But you know, I, I really love what you're saying right now, because I think it's really important for people to hear, you know, that, that this is a, process and so it's kind of like where are your expectations and are you are you trying to shame yourself guilt yourself into right behavior because shame is a really poor motivator but the word says that god sends his word out and it accomplishes everything he wants it to that's right and sometimes that doesn't mean overnight it doesn't mean in the first rehab you go to but it does mean that god is always working and always using right. his word so it's not in vain it's amen vain. very well said. i mean you know what and that comes back to what what did what was the only enablement that the Israelites had to keep the Ten Commandments? There was only one enablement they had. What was it? Stoning. Mm-hmm. Oh. If, if me, if me and John got caught, if me and John were doing something together and he got caught, and I watched them beat him with rocks, there's a good chance I'm not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Right? fear. Yeah. The fear is going to keep you in right. line. Yeah. So it was an external forces. Okay, I can take the Bible right now. I can read the do's and don'ts in it, and I can try to use that as an external force to make me change my internal mm-hmm. behaviors. Right. So what happens with an egg, man? If I take an egg and I and I crush it, what happens to the chicken inside of it? It dies. It dies mm-hmm. because the law brings death. Yeah. Right. Now, what happens to that same egg if it's broken from the inside? Life. A baby chicken. Look at this. You see, so the external beatings that they give and, and when you tear yourself apart through guilt and shaming yourself and I can't believe I'm not doing better and I keep falling down. And, you know, the simple fact of the matter is when you fall down, you got to get back up because you know that Christ died for you yeah. and it is a done that's, deal. That's what it says. It's like Jesus came to fulfill the law and prophet. Amen. All of that. He, he did this for you. It, there's no more guilt. It says there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, man. The law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. It's hard to walk that out sometimes, though. It is. Because the society that we live in, I don't, I don't think we understand that. Even a lot of churches that you go to, I mean, you still kind of get that style of preaching and that style of, I don't know if you necessarily want to call it discipleship, or, or but, you know, you better this, or you better yeah. that, or yeah. this is going to happen. And so even, like, I can remember being in church at, like, 8, 9, 10, and it was just like, oh, goodness, oh, wow. And and I wasn't able to get the things right. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm already doomed, you know. Yeah, right, I'm right. nine years old, and I'm sure I'm just going to go to hell in a handbag. Yeah, over here because I can't get it right. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because whenever it's whenever your salvation is based on your performance, mm-hmm. you're never gonna make it. Man. That's mm-hmm. so good. You're never so see good. my salvation is not based on what I did before, what I'm doing now, or what I will do later. My salvation is based 100 percent completely on what Christ did on Calvary's cross. Yeah. Amen. I would add this too that salvation is not a feeling. It's no, a fact. There is no feeling. I mean, that, that's that's the whole thing. I mean, it has absolutely nothing to do with your it emotions. Also, but also, we make it that way. Then, and also, you know? it, and also not it's it's not religion. It's a relationship. That's yeah. right. I hate when somebody says I'm religious. Yeah. Does that bother you? Yes. Uh, I think it it just depends on if that person understands the difference. Well, they, I don't think that that they do. It's like because it, it's not at all about a, you know religion. It, it is truly about a relationship with Christ. I mean, yeah. now I will say this though. Now, with all that being said, okay, mm-hmm. with all that being said, the fact of the matter is, when the Holy Spirit comes to live within you, you know He says that He will live with He will be with you forever, right? Forever. So the Holy Spirit comes to live within you forever, mm-hmm. right? So it says in Peter 
he talks about two natures, right? You mm-hmm. have you have the the sin nature, the Adamic sin nature the that we, we inherited from Adam, but now we have a new nature that has been imputed to us through the righteousness of the Holy Spirit that now lives within us. That in and of himself, the Holy Spirit in and of himself will begin to change your outward behaviors, mm-hmm. right? Because the more that the more that you walk by the Spirit, the more you make the decision. You know what the word decision means? Anybody? Make up your mind. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, I'm just looking at etymology, uh, et, et, etymologically. I'm sorry. Okay, so what does incision mean? To cut. Cut where? Deep. Into. 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 <laughs> to cut into, right? I was like, I'm gonna let you in. Y'all don't, y'all, don't, y'all don't turn into freaks now. What is you the got, word? If you want scars, I'll show you scars. But what does circumcision mean? Well, to cut around. Oh, I, I, you got You got to look at it from a different perspective. Well, see, Incision. that's why you're here, right? <laughs> We're listening. It's right? like I feel like I'm in a theology class. Yeah. <laughs> but decision means to cut away from. Mm, oh, that's good. Oh, that is good. That's good. I like makes sense. It does. So whenever you look at it from that perspective, right, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you. You're going to come to crossroads a million times a day mm-hmm. in your life. You're going to come to a point where you got to make this way. Or this way. And the Holy Spirit is going to be leading you to one of them. And your flesh is going to be leading you to another one. The more you follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, the more like Christ you will become. It's, it's impossible not to, right? The more you pour into your mind the Word of God, the more the Word of God will begin to saturate your heart. Man. The more He saturates your heart. He said, of the abundance of the heart does the mouth speak. So the more I pour the Word of God into my mind and it infiltrates into my heart, the more the word of God will come out of me. And I'm not just talking about when I speak, I'm talking about in my daily life. Mm-hmm. I will have a love that surpasses understanding because I don't know why I have, I don't know why I care about this person. I don't know why I care about that, but I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, the Bible says that you, you will experience a love that surpasses knowledge. How can you know something that passes knowledge, man? That's pretty intense. That is it. You know, I remember when I got back from teen challenge, this lady told my mom one day that, it looked like I had the Jesus seeping out of my pores. And I was just trying to buy eggs at Kroger. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. I was just kind of standing there. But it was there's there's something obvious, even in a physical way, about a person who is really passionate about their relationship and their love for Christ. Right. Absolutely. Stacey, when I saw you do your testimony last year, there was this light off of you that is indescribable. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. And I, and I see that light on a lot of people. And it's blinding sometimes. And I got to tell you, when I saw yours that day, and I knew that you were eventually going to be on a podcast if I ever had one, that, I mean, it was just blinding. Yeah. You know, you're so passionate about your story and getting it out there. And, you know, I just wanted to tell you that. And, Thank I, you. and now, you know, and I'm, you know, I've only been around Damien for a short period of time, but every time I've gotten around Damien, it, it's the same. It's like he, when he gets on these theology lessons, he is so passionate about that light. I love the Lord. Beings. I mean, I don't know, you know, you can't see this from, you know, from YouTube or from Facebook, but, you know, we got all kind of lights in here, and it's like, I can't, you don't even notice the blue lights, the red lights, and all the other lights right now. It's trying just, to make us look good. Well, it's just that you know, the, it's, just, <laughs> it's just that you know that the Holy Spirit is ever present here mm-hmm. with us, and and I'm just loving this, man. I mean, I, I'm, I feel so full right now. And the, the first night I met you was... Quite recently, right. and this dude just came bebopping in full force. You know right. what I mean? Full oh, speed Lord. ahead, and just like he knew every one of yeah. us. You know, and, I don't know any. <laughs> and, and this is like, and this is you like going into back. A, a bag of ice. I did, I did voluntarily too. And you put it all over Facebook. And and I, 
I'm happy about it. And this, and this also goes back to what I've said in previous episodes, that God is waking people up to this, that we're mm-hmm. in straight up the darkness, that are covered in tattoos and, and you know, bald and fat. Wow! Oh my gosh! (laughs) No, it's like I mean, he's literally he's literally taking plucking people out of the pit of hell, and he's like turning turning those that that served Satan and his army and using it, literally using it against them, him and his minions. Like, and this just blows Mm -hmm. my mind. You know what blows? Welcome to the black sheep. You know what blows my mind, bro? Is that so many people out there sit in so many pews. Every week. Yeah. And they sit there and they watch the guy who walks in with the tattoos on his arms and they say, man, he shouldn't be here. Oh, yeah. He yeah. probably just walked out of a bar or yeah. a trap house. He yeah. shouldn't be here. The fact of the matter is, man, what's the greater testimony? And and look, I, look I'm not throwing rocks at anybody, so please. Don't come Disclaimer, for us. <laughs> uh, Facebook, YouTube, don't, don't, you know what I mean? Disclaimer. But the simple fact of the matter is. And more of a testimony, someone who grew up with parents who were Christians, who taught them the right way their entire lives. Is that more of a testimony or the one who was at the bottom of the pit of hell? Yeah. Well, and I, I think, you know, because I have I have a, a precious, precious family member. And we've had this conversation before because you kind of have my testimony, you know, and then she's like, I don't I don't have that. And I was like, but hang on a second, though, because your testimony matters, too. And 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 it's it's not about necessarily which one is is better, right? better, but. Which one can reach who? Who? Yeah. So it's like, you know, I might be able to reach a certain population of people, but then she has this whole other population of people that listen to my story and they're like, yep. should I have my purse? I don't know what to do right now, you know? Right. So so I think it 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 all has merit and it's all important in for different people in different places. See, Josh, Josh Watts again, uh, another shout out to my, my pastor, Pastor Josh, man. I see he's up there. He's watching us, so. But anyway, Pastor Josh says all the time, he'll say, you know, there'll be places where Damien can't go where I can walk in there wearing my, wearing my jacket and, and go up there and they will accept me in. But there's mm-hmm. also places where Damien can go that exactly. I can never go. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you something. And look, I'm just a little, you know, just a quick throw out there, man. But if you guys ever want to come man, come join us, man, at Simmons Memorial Baptist Church, man, out there in Flora. Man, we would love to have you guys, man. Come check it out, man. Josh is an absolute beast with the Word of God. This man loves the Lord, man. Amen. Seriously. So, but uh, anyhow, but yeah. Let's let's, let's get it back to your testimony. I I mean, I'm really loving where these conversations are going, but I want people to know you, Damien. I want to know how, I want to know how all this, you know, came about. So take us back to where... You know, where you were back, I guess, back in that shack you were talking about, you know, and back in that shack. Let's go from there. You know, we know you've been in prison and all that. So what happened after that? All right. So the way it kind of went down was this, man. I'll never forget. I I came home. I was out looking for a job. I was walking around trying to find a job. And I've always got a job my whole life. you guys know I can talk. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously. I I was going to say, you have that gift of gag. You you don't say. Uh, You don't say. But I mean. I've never seen a time where I would go try to get a job that I didn't get it. You know, mm-hmm. just being real. I mean, all my life. Well, you're a people person. It's right. very obvious. So I couldn't find a job anywhere. Again, I had stepped out of the will of God. Like I was no longer doing what God had put for me to do. I had, I had removed myself from that equation and put myself in a place where he wasn't going to allow me to do what he did not want me to do. He, yeah. Does that make any sense? Yes. So I can't find a job. I go home and I'll never forget Vanessa standing on this. She's standing on this little table thing and she's trying to hang like a home sweet home sign inside of this 
I mean, literally, you can see through the walls. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like this place, it's freezing outside, man. It's absolutely freezing outside. And I looked at her and I was like, we're not doing this, man. You know, I've got to, you know, and she cried. She begged me, you know, don't do this. Don't do this. And anyway, man, so I ended up scoring, man. You know, sure enough, man, we're out of the shack in no time. I mean, mm-hmm. my, you'd be amazed how fast it lights back up, even when it's been years, right? So all that to say, everything seems to be going good again, this, that, and the other. Well, we get pulled over. She takes all my stuff and, and, and hides it on her. She takes the charge. Mm. All right. So she goes to jail. I go to Harrison County and I bond her out immediately. Like she never, she never sees a cell, right? I'm, I'm there. I got her, right? <laughs> well, I bond her out. She gets out. She's like, okay, we got to stop. This has got to stop. I won't listen, of course, because, you know, I, I know everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm so much smarter than she is, obviously. So, you know, we're going to do it my way, right? You know, and the harsh reality is this, the harshness of the reality of how untrue that statement is, 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 sh- is soul shattering, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not long before we get pulled over again because I'm being watched. I'm being followed, man. They're everywhere, right? They're, right. they're all over the place, right. right? So we get pulled over again. She takes the charge again. Mm. She's, well, a now, ride, she's a ride or she's die. She's got but... two of them. I mean, back to back. I mean, we're talking about good charges, too. We're not talking about hey ball, man. You know what I mean? We're talking about some charges, man. Yeah. So I go down there to get her. She's got a misdemeanor warrant, and they won't let her out. Mm. No matter what I do, I cannot get her out. So I have to wait for her to get done with the misdemeanors before I can get her out. Well, I'm talking to her on the phone. She's like, listen, you know, they've got to be watching you. Stop. You've got to stop. You've got to stop. You've got to stop. And I just keep on going. Right. So not long after she goes to jail, I get hit by the narcotics task. Force. I get uh, actually hit by the, the uh, Joint County Narcotics Task Force and the Gulfport Special Crime or Gulfport Tactical Unit. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first time I got hit was the Joint County Narcotics Task Force and the Biloxi Special Crimes Unit, okay? So this time I get hit. I don't take them on a high-speed chase this time. I took them on a long high-speed chase the last time. It was completely crazy, man. I was all over the news forever. But but anyway, we're hit. Anyhow, I dump everything out of the window, but it's over, right? So I get hit. I get thrown into jail. I bond her out from jail. As soon as she can make bond, I bond her out. Well, I realized that I'm in a bad way at this point, right? You know, what I, gave it away? <laughs> yeah, I've got like 20 years already over my head now at this point with an eight-year sentence that's attached to that with a five-year sentence that's attached to that. You see what I mean? So we're talking about a lot of years here, mm-hmm. man. That's not counting the new charge, right? They got me. They got me. I'm in there for trafficking, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not in there for, for, no, for no little, you know, Nothing stupid, you know, nothing small. I'm in there. I'm in trouble. Well, come to find out, and we'll get to that in a minute. I'm going to tell you how the Lord worked in that situation. Yeah, that's that's my favorite part. Anyway, I've been in there for a couple months, man. I I go talk to Chaplain Tony again, right? And Chaplain Tony's just like, you know, shaking his head. And anyway, doing my Bible studies, back to work there. And I'm talking to Vanessa every day. And I'm like, baby, you know, I'm back studying my Bible. I'm back with the Lord, you know, and she's just like, yeah. And she's telling me she's going to talk to the PO. Well, the PO told Vanessa that with the amount of time that I already had over my head, coupled with the time I was going to get on the new charge, that uh, I was never coming home. He told her, you know, look, you got to, you just got to, you know, I know you love him, but you're going to have to let him go. So long story short, he got all that time and he broke out and now he's here. He broke out. (laughs) He escaped. 
But uh, anyway, so I got accepted to a program by the name of Friends of Alcoholics. Um, I've heard of that one. At this time now, COVID, COVID's hit. And I'll never forget Vanessa saying to me. Wait a minute. Let's back up a little bit. Okay, so you're literally in prison, and you're facing what sounds to be like 65 years. 90 years. 90 90 years. Okay, I wasn't even close. All right, we're facing 93 years, and uh, that's what you're looking at, but God. Mm. All right, so how how did that come? I want to hear the specifics on, you know, what you did to get in, you know, for for this miracle to take place in your life. Well, let me let me tell you this real quick, man, because I, I can't just leave this part out of it at all. So I'm talking to Vanessa on the phone one night. We've got like, I don't know, I guess we've got maybe a dollar left, you know, when the mm-hmm. phone calls over. We're talking about starting a ministry again, you know, all this good stuff. And I love you so much. And But I remember her telling me before that, she said, you know, it's it's the end of the world out here. And you're not here to protect me, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you've left me. You're gone. And I'm out here by myself. I can't even pump gas. That was like even, a gut punch. Oh, it, it almost killed me, man. So her and I are talking on the phone one night. And, you know, I've been accepted to Friends of Alcoholics, but they can't accept people the normal way because of COVID, right? So mm-hmm. people, they're having to do, they're having to do quarantines. Well, they only want people to come on Sundays, but Harrison County will not transport on Sunday. Oh, wow. So I'm stuck for like seven months waiting. But anyway, I'm talking to Vanessa and, and, you know, we're talking about all this stuff. And she's just like, well, maybe, you know, when you come home and we're talking about all that. And then she was like, are you going to call me back? And I said, well. Why don't we save that dollar until tomorrow? She's like, you know, you can call me back if you want to. We can always get some more money. And I was like, no, nah, let's save that dollar for tomorrow. So the next day I wake up, I go to work, go, I was buffing floors for the, uh, the captain, right? So I go and I buff floors all day long and I come in, I, I go over there to the kiosk and I open up my kiosk and I got a message from Vanessa, Venus Butterfly. It says, farewell, no matter what, I loved you, always know that. Wow. And I'm like... I'm like, what is she talking about? So I go to the phone and call, man. I call and I just call and I call and I call and I call and there's just no answer. There's no answer. There's no answer. There's no answer. So I'm calling her mom and her mom's not answering and nobody's answering anywhere. Nobody will answer the phone. So finally I get in touch with the people where she was staying, the roommate, one of the roommates that were staying in the house. And, and he answered the phone. His name was John, believe it or not. And John answers the phone and he says, he's crying. And I'm like, I'm like, Where's Vanessa? And he said, listen, Dan, it's not good, man. I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, man, she's gone. Bro. You know, she's gone. And he hit me like a truck, man. You know, I mean, I'm just, <clears throat> anyway. Take your time. <clears throat> so anyway, after we got off the phone, she had went in there and turned some music on, made herself a breakfast, took two bites out of it, went into the carport and hung herself. Oh, mm. my God. So now there I am looking at 93 mandatory years. I've just lost everything that I owned again because see, Satan doesn't give you anything, bro. This, this you got to understand about this whole thing. Satan does not give you anything. He loans it to you. And it's a very high interest rate loan. Man. Yeah. See, he, he doesn't only take back the things that he loaned you. He also takes your time away. He also takes your life away. He takes everything that you love and he takes the years that go with it in that penitentiary, bro. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can ever regain. There's no way you can turn around and grab even one second back. There's no way you can ever hold her again. There's no way you can ever touch her again. It's gone. When it's gone, it's gone. Okay? That's the reality of it. That's the reality of where drugs bring you. That's the reality of where Satan leads you. It's emptiness, punishment, and misery. Yeah. Because that's what he gives you. He gives you lots of it. So I'm looking at 93 mandatory years. 
and all of my possessions are gone. The love of my life just killed herself. And I'm in a place where I don't have any real reason to live. That's, that's how I see it. I'm, I have nothing left. What's the point? What's the point? Even if I get out for what? Mm-hmm. Where would I go? Who would I go to? I have nothing. So they finally, one night, I was out there doing the, doing the hallways. And the sergeant said, hey, come here, I need to talk to you. I said, what's up? She said, just pack your stuff up. When you get to the zone, you're, you're leaving. I'm like, I'm leaving? What do you mean I'm leaving? You know what I mean? She was like, you're going to Friends of Alcoholics, man. They're, they're, you're going in the morning, night. So I'm like, wow. But God. But God, man. So now, let me ask you real quick. How long was that after you found out about your... About months, a month and a half. About a month, six weeks? About a month and a half, yep. After, after she passed away. And, and God be doing stuff, man. Man, don't a man. Well, I get there, and as soon as I get there, man, I'm just like, wow, man. Because the study there, I'm I'm an avid studier, right? Like, I know I joke around a lot and stuff, but I mean, when it comes down to it, bro, I'm just very highly studious. I'm extremely studious. So we get there, and we're 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 learning theology. You know, we're learning like, and it's in a way that everyone can understand it. You know, if that makes any sense. And we're going through the basic Bible doctrine course, and I'm just like, find myself engrossed in this, and I know that I'm looking at the rest of my life in prison. I, there's no there's no way to not understand that, right? I mean, but I had made a decision that my dependence would only be on the Lord. Yeah. I could no longer depend on myself because look at where depending on myself got me, man. Depending on myself had cost me everything that I ever cared about. And it was at a point in my life where I was so broken that I knew that I had only to depend on him because without him, there was no way I was going to make it. It was, there was nothing else. And that's where I found my strength. And then I knew what Paul said when he said, because when I am weak, that's when I am strong. That's right. You know what I mean? And he gave me this strength. And as I walked through that, I got really good friends with Aaron Bonner who runs the, the ministry over there. And I was teaching classes. I would teach classes on, on, on Thursday nights. And every Thursday night I was in there teaching classes and I would teach them times on Saturday nights because those are the two off nights and I was doing authentic manhood and I was doing true project and giving the guys an opportunity to come in there and, and study with us, you know, and it, and it was, it was like, you know, this ultimate change of heart, not just the mind. It wasn't about me doing what I needed to do to get out so I could go back home. That was over with. Mm. It was about me doing what God led me to do. You know, I don't know if what I'm about to say is going to come out right, but you when I when I look at people like us and I watch them in church and I watch them tell their story and I watch them, you know, just 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 do life. There's so much passion and there's so much gratitude. And I, and I think about how deep that darkness was and because the darkness was so incredibly deep, the light is so Right, right. We can find gratitude and and just happiness and peace and just smallest little things because we remember what it's like to literally be living in hell. You know, Damien, I have a very similar story with what you just shared. Now, I wasn't in prison, but I did lose the love of my life to suicide also. And it's it's very difficult to explain what happens to a person after that happens. Yeah, because you feel like there's all these mixed feelings with that, you know, just like. I don't know. And with, with them telling her, for years I was really mad at, at the MDOC, you know, because I, I, I still, a lot of me says, you know, she heard them say I was never coming home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that had a lot to do with it. But, you know, when it boils down. What happened with the charges? 
I was out there working in the pantry one day. I just threw my phone <laughs> on the ground because that's how I do it. No, 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 John. That's how I do yeah. it. <laughs> that was intentional. I'm, John, I'm making That was intentional. I'm making it rain. In wow. I don't have any money, but I got some, no, I've, I've got some coins in my pocket. I, just, I can make it hail. I literally made it rain with my cell phone. So that's kind of like a... Actually, like, a, I don't know, what would that be, a, a, a rock slide? Yeah. <laughs> that thing will take you out, bud. That thing was serious. But what, what happened with the charges? You're facing so, 93 years. I'm in there. I'm in the pantry, and I'm working, putting up my, my the groceries that are coming through the from the uh, Kroger run that day. And Dave Bailey, who was the guy who worked my job that I work now that at that time, and he said, he said, Damien Donald, you need to come to the office. It's very important. So... I go in there and it's my, it's my attorney. She said, are you sitting down? I said, mm. <laughs> I said, do I need to be? She said, I would if I were you. And I sat down, she said, you've been indicted. And I was like, oh man, here we go. You know, cause I took him on a small chase and not a big chase. I mean, a you know, small chase. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like a OJ. This wasn't like a, this isn't. I'm this pretty isn't sure like, you said a few minutes ago that it was game. crazy. This isn't like the, this isn't like the white Bronco OJ Simpson. My first one was, yeah, my first one was. The second <laughs> yeah. one, not so much. Let's right? get honest on air. Yeah, that's, Damien. you know, that's, that's, that's the relatively, it was a smaller uh-huh. chase. It wasn't that bad. You know, I <laughs> turned around through all everything. But anyway, so. They were not able to use any of the evidence. The evidence, <laughs> the evidence was corrupted. Okay. Now I had two violations that would have, it, it would have made it to 33 years is what that would have been. Along with 60 times two, a mandatory for my new charges with the, what they were shooting at me with. But anyway, so I had possession charge, a simple, not even possession with intent, a simple possession from 2015, right? That I had, I was supposed to be on probation for. Well, guess what? I never started that probation. This is what I'm telling you. I never started that probation. They stacked charges. So the 33 years that they were given to me here, I couldn't start those until I completed the eight. Do you understand the implications? They can't give me the 33 years. The only thing they can give me is the eight from 2015 because that has to be completed before I can start the new cause number. Mm. So we went from that high to that low. She said, they're offering you 10 years right now. 10 years. And I said, I'll take it. She said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'll take it immediately, yeah. you know? So anyway, those got thrown out. They were not able to use the vast majority of the drugs they found because it was contaminated. It was all over the road. I, I had dumped it out. I didn't throw out a bag. There was no, there were bags out there, but they were empty. I dumped it out on the, on the road. So anyway, I go back, Judge Dodson. Thank you, Judge Dotson. I don't know if you'll ever see this, but that woman has had so much faith in me, man. Judge Dotson. Judge Dotson has literally given me 53 years total. And she has given me just opportunity after opportunity, man. But I know that it's, it's the Lord truly that has the, the heart mm-hmm. in his hands, right? So, I mean, she can't give me anything that the Lord does not ordain because he is sovereign and it is in his will what will happen. And anyway, so I went back. And she gave me my eight years back on my old charge. She gave me 20 years on my new charge, suspended 18 for a total of 10 to serve. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to prison. You know, I, I did. I went to prison, and the whole time I was in prison, man, I just preached the word of God, man. I just brought them guys in. And you'd be amazed how bright your light shines in such a dark place, man. I've seen it. You know, now, God did a little prison time. That, it's, that, you know, it's, it's amazing. It really is. It truly is. And there was no way I should have ever made parole on my first my first time. I mean, how long? How long was it? Like a total out of the ten years? 
uh, I did two years. Two mm. years wow. Ago. wow. Right. And they counted the year I did at FOA. So really, you just went back, did a year. Did a year. That's all. So you went from penitentiary to the pantry, back to prison. Back to the penitentiary, and you did a year, and now you're back at. Well, this is what happened, man. The whole time I was in prison, man, I I, I stayed on the phone. Kevin Conroy, man. <laughs> Kevin, I hope you're watching, man. I love you so much, man. Kevin Conroy was the only person that answered the phone when I was in prison. He kept money on my phone, man. He he's the only one who was there for me, man. Kevin Conroy, man. The entire time I was there, it was never a time when I make a phone call. Unless he was a sleeper. So I'm not saying he never answered the phone. Don't yeah. know. I don't want to overgeneralize. But I mean, he was always there the entire time from FOA. And I talked to Aaron Bonner. And Aaron Bonner said, you know what, man? I said, Aaron, you know, I just I just want to serve the Lord, man. That's what I want to do. I want to serve the Lord. He said, well, why don't you come serve with us, man? And we had already talked about this before I had left. You know, he said, if you make it out, you can come here. You'll go on staff. We'll put you to work. So I came out of prison, man. I made parole. FOA picked me up from the bus station, bro. I, I was I was hired that day, man. I've been there wow. ever since. But That's so awesome, God. Yeah, nothing but God, man. It's like He puts us right back in the very thing we messed up so bad mm -hmm. in a completely different role. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. He did the same thing to Brad Hancock, man. It's like Brad was in prison, literally, you know, making the phone calls to to uh, get him to where he's at right now at Gateway, and now he's accepting the phone calls from the guys in prison, yeah. you know, to, you know, get into Gateway. Yeah. It's, and, I mean, it's just I feel God, like that every man. day at work. I'm like, wait, I'm the therapist? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> For sure. How's that happen? Yeah. <laughs> man, this is amazing. So, man, so amazing. I've literally watched the Lord put the pieces back together, you know? I mean, he's put them back together, and, and I have to understand... I think we all have to understand, man, that nothing that you have in this world is yours. Right. Yeah. Nothing. It all belongs to the Lord, man. You're a steward yep. of what he is giving. And it's funny, exactly. funny you put it like that because every time, you know, you brought up the uh, the temptation story earlier in the desert. And every time I read it and I think about it, I'm like, when they get to the point where they're on the mountaintop and he's offering him all those kingdoms and stuff like that, I'm like, how is he sitting there offering God his own stuff? I just did a lesson on this mm -hmm. the other day. What was less? Tell me. Well, I went to talk to some of the some of the girls at Rankin County, and it was just essentially how the devil takes us up to the very same mountaintop, mm -hmm. right, and and shows us all these things and makes it look so so wonderful, right? But but kind of exactly like what you were saying, you know, sickness in the sky. It does, and it reminds me of something that God told me one day, and and just as clear as it could be. Because I was fighting God about something, right? Because I was like, are you sure, God, that you know what you're talking about, right? right? Yeah. But he said, if you have to fight me to get it, you'll never get to keep it. Right. Yeah. And I was like, now, I haven't always remembered that. No, I haven't always remembered that. But but it, it never left me, you know? You know, with that, with that story, man, with the mountaintop, right? He brings him up there. What he was literally offering him was what was already going to be Christ to begin with. Yeah. What was he going to skip? The process. Um, See, it was all going to be Christ anyway, but the, the Christ had to walk in the will of the Father before those things would take place, before mm -hmm. these things would land that way. He was offering him all of those things by skipping the process. The process. Mm -hmm. And very often we do that in our own lives, man. Mm -hmm. That's true. Very often yeah. we find ourselves trying to skip the process. Mm -hmm. And there's no there's no skipping the process. God. Yeah, no, it's not. It's like, the other side like this whole part. thing with the podcast started two, two and a half years ago when I was in prison. And, you know, it's just been, it's been a process. And, mm -hmm. and I bring that up to, to bring something else up for everybody listening. 
where we where we are at right now with Damien, it's like you know the Lord has put this puzzle together for the black sheep. He did, not us. He put you know he put Danny in my life to provide the studio and and all, all this all this wonderful equipment. He put Stacy in my life as as a, a doctor therapist slash co host. Brilliant, you know. Just I mean, it's I couldn't not a doctor. Have, well, I mean, it is if you say it in the form of a question. Well, you know what, doctor? You know, doc, well, guess what? Doctor Phil isn't a doctor, right? But you know what I'm saying. But so I mean, and then and you know, y'all don't know this now, but he's brought Damien into into the Black Sheep family as as our editor and uh, what do you call it? The uh, what else did you know? I mean, <laughs> what is it you're doing for us? <laughs> we don't know. What is it, what is We're not really sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, he he can explain it better than I can, and he he was a like I literally was praying for about two weeks before he just called me out of the blue. I was praying for God to put somebody in my in my life to help me with the editing process and to make these short clips for TikTok and for YouTube and to because I I'm technologically stupid. I don't under I don't understand it like. You know, I mean, this is like, this is like a big weakness for me, right? Two weeks later, I'm about to speak at Church of the King, and Damien sends me a message on Facebook interested in being a guest, and at, at first, you know, I, I was just kind of scanned through it, and I had to do my thing, but I finally got back to him after I really read the message, and I looked at his profile, and I saw that he was at FOA, and I was like, okay, this guy's for real, because I've had to get, get, get to where I'm screening, you know, who I add, you know, because spam and all that other stuff but so I, I we got back in touch and like after one conversation it's like it was confirmed to me and revealed to me through him and the holy spirit that i mean this dude is going to be a part of the black sheep family as your editor mm -hmm. and and i'm talking it's been about what two and a half weeks now he's already done a couple of clips and and i mean he, he is going to be a huge a very important role, and I, I'm just so proud to have you in our family, dude. Amen. Amen. But you can better explain what it is you do better than I can because I don't speak that language. Uh-oh. Look at that. <laughs> like well, sheep family, baby. So, by the way, uh, <laughs> we have two events coming up. I'll go ahead and uh, plug them now. Next weekend, February 3rd, we have Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Presents DJ Win at the point, at the point, 5 o'clock. At 1120 Star Road, you know, uh, Damien will be there. If you want to meet and talk to Damien, he'll talk to anybody. Dr. Legit, she'll be there. We're going to have to work. We're going to have to work Doctor? on Doctor? Listen. She's I, legit. <laughs> She's before, legit. Before, I want to I wanna end on a note, though. Um, I don't. I hope I didn't cut you off on your announcements, but there was. Well, you did. Well, look, I'm sorry. But, Damien, I just want to know, because we at the very beginning of what you were sharing, you were sharing that you had all the things that the world could offer, and it didn't make you happy. And so I want to know now where you're at right now. Where what does it feel like to have the things that you have day in, day out, mood, peace? What does that look like for you? Well, I mean, the guys at FOA drive me completely crazy. So I don't know about You weren't supposed to say that. I'll just, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, only, I'm only kidding. We'll edit that out. <laughs> well, he'll edit that out. He will. He will edit it out. No, I'm just joking around though. Seriously, man. Um for the first time in my life, I actually had peace. Yeah. For the, uh, the first time in my life, I depend on the comforter to bring me comfort. I was always looking for comfort. And I mean, that, that's the thing that you got to really kind of, I guess, come to terms with. I mean, if you believe what you believe is really real, right? 
then why, if you know that the comforter lives within you, do you look for comfort in a pill bottle? Mm -hmm. Why look for comfort in a booze bottle? You see, the Lord will bring true comfort. I mean, I don't have a whole lot, man. John, you've been over there, man. I've got, I've got a, a, a little room with a with a nice little office in it. You know, mm-hmm. I got a good little editing setup mm-hmm. lined up. But that's that's what I've got. I mean, and but I'm internally, extremely happy. Yeah, like I, I wake up in the morning and I know that it's mine. Everything that I have is mine. No one's going to take it away. The feds aren't going to come get it. It all belongs to me, and it's given to me by the Lord and by mm-hmm. the Lord alone. Not not by me. Not by anything I went out there and did. It's been given to me just like all this has been laid out before me. Mm-hmm. You know, these are blessings, man. So everything that you were looking for and all the things the world had to offer you, you found in a relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. Every single Yeah. Way to go. I'm glad you interrupted my, my uh, I'm so sorry. announcements for that. We'll talk no. about that off air. Yeah, we will talk about that later. <laughs> cut, the, cut the announcements in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can make those later. I mean, are we we don't have to be done talking to this. I don't, I'm really enjoying it. I think that's stuff, a so. I think that's a beautiful note. Yeah, that was I mean, great. that really drives it home. It really does. Wow. I'll tell you one thing about FOA, man, is it's all family, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody there, man, we're all family. We we love each other. It's, well, it's I can't I, I I can't just uh be so thankful myself for what the Lord has done in uh in your life, man. Mm-hmm. And uh and brought you into the fold. We're 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 very grateful to have you. Yeah. I'm glad to be here with you guys, man, yeah. for real. Awesome. And, um, Except for Danny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean that, that could just There's about... only one fat ball dude. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say I mean, they can literally be brothers. <laughs> We're going to have a whole therapy session after this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they can literally this be brothers. This room's not big enough for the both of us. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Right, so real quick, uh, February 3rd, we have Black Sheep Recovery presents DJ Wynn at the point. And then the following week on February 10th, we have Eddie Poole's Night of Hope at Trinity Wesleyan Church over on Sidewell Road at, at 6 o'clock. And I can't, rem- I mean, I, I don't know, I can't remember who's speaking at the, at the Night of Hope, but if, if you can make both of those events, that would be amazing. You, the chains will be broken. Yeah, you will Amen. leave change. You will, you will leave, leave change, change at, 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 from a Night of Hope. And this is Black Sheep Recovery's first sponsored event. So we hope to see every one of y'all there. And uh, I don't know, I guess I have anything else. You got anything in the last thoughts, Mr. Mr. Donald? Oh, man, just that I really appreciate the opportunity that you guys have given me to come here, man. And just, uh, oh, this will not be your last visit. Kind of put it out mm-hmm. there, you know what I mean? It just kind of, you know, kind of tell the story, man. You know what I mean? Good. Because it, it's, it's amazing, man. I appreciate you guys. Any final thoughts? Yeah. I, I said, I said my, I said yeah. my bit. I would just like to say again, I am not a doctor. <laughs> well, you know, doctor. She's too legit to quit. That's know, what I am. That doc, part. Dr. J wasn't a doctor either. Yeah. Dr. Phil isn't a doctor. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Dr. J wasn't a doctor? Doc, no. Are you what? sure? Not, no, I'm, what? I'm, I think. <laughs> let me fact check that real quick. Let me, let me Google that. I think we should go off the air before we say something really stupid. Oh, 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 oh one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. If you're watching the YouTube and you're watching the Facebook Live, please uh, go to the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast YouTube channel and throw us a subscribe and yes. uh, watch more content there. Uh, we would really appreciate the support and we thank would. you. Thank you guys. Thank Hit you guys. my music. We're out of there. <laughs>